Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard and its games very carefully. And we've had a lot to watch recently, so yeah, it's the lead up to Battle for Azeroth and a lot of other stuff too. I'm Matt, I'm the host, and with me this week are two fantastic co-hosts. First up, since she's been doing it for us the last couple of weeks, I'm going to introduce her first, uh, Liz Harper. Liz, what's going on with you? Uh, not, not much. I'm kind of not that enthused about playing pre-Battle for Azeroth. It doesn't feel like I have any big game goals right now, so I'm kind of hanging out waiting for the expansion. Gotcha. Also with us this week, um, she does practically everything around here, so <laughs> she, she's recording, she's helping cast it, everything. Uh, and Stickney, and what have you been doing in the game, if anything? Uh, mate, mm, I've been farming reputation. Okay, more, yeah, you get more, get more getting your rep- bars yeah. more reputation because you know I well okay, so when I logged in, <laughs> when I logged in for eight point like the first thing that popped up was the eighty reputation achievement, right? Because of course I have that because I'm obsessed with filling those stupid bars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the next step up is there's a ninety. And I wasn't quite there because uh, when I logged in in 8.0, I didn't just get the 80 achievement. I was at 89. <laughs> so uh, there is an achievement for 90 reputations. And I noticed that because I flipped factions, I did this. Oh, gosh, I did this like several weeks, like almost a month ago that I flipped factions. Anyway, when I did that, um, I don't have the winter spring, the, the winter spring frost sabers. I don't have mm-hmm. that because it didn't exist on the horde, obviously. Um, I needed to redo the Argent Tournament, and I did that like before 8.0 even came out. I didn't have any guild rep because, of course, I was ungilded, but I made my own guild when I transferred because at that point I still had to to transfer all of the gold I had accumulated. Um, they hadn't upgraded, upped it until recently, I remember. Yeah, they didn't up it until recently. So I had guild rep, but I had like, I didn't, I wasn't exalted by any stretch of the imagination because I just made the guild, right? And then the oracles. I got the oracles back up 
to Revered back in, I want to say Mists, Mists of Pandaria, but I just got them to Revered so that I could get the eggs so that I could grind out the mount, right? And once I got the mount, I just kind of forgot that they existed. So I was like, oh yeah, I should go finish that off and top it off at Exalted so that I have that. So I believe I'm going to hit Exalted with the guild today when I go do those daily quests. I should hit Exalted with the oracles today when I go do those daily quests. Oh, by the way, when I hit Exalted with the guild, I'm going to get the 90 reputations achievement. And then, like I said... uh Guild today, oracles today, the winter spring people should be in about seven days. I think I have a week left of collecting whiskers for that. And are those the only three? I think those are the only three right now. That's what I've been doing. I've just been, I've been doing stupid little sidebar stuff because I don't have much else to do at this point. And trying to start on any kind of major farming projects or anything seems like a waste of time because I'm going to be jumping into Colterius the second it opens anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. For me, I, since I never actually tell people what I'm doing, I feel like for once I'll do so. I have been grinding Transmog almost continuously. Where and, from? Oh, uh, I have everything from Burning Crusade that I want. Like, everything. I've got all that. But every other expansion has one or two things that I don't have that I want. Um, there's, like, there's boots that match the heroic warrior tier from from uh, ice crown citadel but those boots drop in a dun in a heroic dungeon in legion uh the 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 violet hold so i have to farm violet hold which is very annoying uh then i there's also okay but are uh, you farming wait back up here are you farming legion violet hold or burning yes legion violet hold oh i'm so sorry yes it is is (laughs) very unpleasant uh, they only drop off one boss in that instance, so I'm going to be there forever. But in addition to that, I'm killing Ordos every week on, like, I think, 10 people? Uh, and nothing, of course, drops. But I'm ke- I keep killing him because eventually I'll either go mad or it'll, he'll drop my shoulders. And uh, there's actually some stuff from, from Warlords I want. He'll drop your shoulders and then you will go mad and you won't believe that he just did that. Pro- what will probably end up happening is that I'll I'll, ins- I'll like, just vendor them, not even thinking about it. Like, oh, oh, yeah, no, they're not, no, no. They're not my shoulders. Don't do that. Keep I, them. I keep getting, no, no, no. I mean, like, I'll, I won't realize that he's dropped them, so I'll just vendor them with it. Like, I do, everything else gets vendored constantly. I'm constantly vendoring all this junky drops. He never drops my shoulders. He always drops other stuff, so. But, yeah, I'm doing that. Um, I'm also vacillating like crazy about actually finishing on the Alliance side the, the current content, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, so I'm not going to talk do about it, it too much. Do, but do, do it for the mount. Oh, no, I, I've done it Horde side already. Okay, then you have the mount. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, um, but I've been wanting to do it Alliance side because I, I got a lot of Alliance characters, but I can't make my main do it. Like, my main is currently on Argus, and she's going to stay there. In my in my head canon, my main was on Argus. It was busy, didn't know anything was going on, and that's why she didn't go back. But my Death Knight is currently parked in a Stranar, waiting, and I have yet to be able to make myself take the quest. It will punch you in the gut. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you, I I still need to go do the Horde side. That's actually I'm going to do that later today with the new Horde main, which is the other rogue that I have because I have multiple rogues now. Help me. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> I have joined. <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. I'll make another rogue. 
Anyway, um, I need to go do the Horde side of things. I did the Alliance side yesterday, and um, wow, I don't think I've felt that uncomfortable since... Um, well, I mean, I was talking about it on Twitter, and I and I mentioned uh, Dragon Age 2, you know, the whole scene with Hawk's mom. Yeah, I think you and I are probably the two people who we've talked about this because each of us has a reason why that quest kicked us... I had to stop. Well, playing. Liz, Liz knows about this too because I think I've talked about. It I too. do. Yeah, I've talked about this with you before too. Yeah, um, I had. I. I. Yeah, that one kicked me in the gut so hard that I had to. I. I just closed the game and I didn't come back to the game for like a week. Um, My wife was asleep. It was like three o'clock in the morning, and I ugh. came into the bedroom and woke her up, and was like, "I have to talk to you right now." And she was like, "What? <laughs> it better be very important." I'm like. And my mom died and she's like yeah but that happened years ago honey what and i was like had to explain that it was in the game because it really did i'm i'm making it sound a little funny now because that's how i tell stories but at the time seriously it, it hurt like i i couldn't go back to that game for a while either uh, i don't think it took me a week but i think it was at least a couple days before i went back it was we like should... a week but it was kind of fresh in my mind and i think that's why so yeah but it okay this hit me kind of like that maybe not on the same level but close so we should probably just be forewarned yeah we should we should just like get into the news and stuff because yeah yeah right right now you guys know it's the it's the pre-expansion period uh we're two weeks as of today i think we're like 13 days because it's the first yeah, I right think so 13 yeah it, it's august yeah. 13th is launch day so as in of right now, if you're well, no, no, it's worldwide. It's worldwide. It's Remember worldwide. Well, if you're in Europe, because of time zones, it will be the 14th. Okay, yeah, but it's all going to happen in like as I'm looking at the calendar right now, it will have happened by this time in 13 days. So yeah, the expansion's ready to go. We're all just playing through the content this week. The second part of the War of the Thorns storyline dropped. And also drop the Warbringers short for Sylvanas. Now, there's going to be, like, I am positive there's going to be a lot of discussion of this on Lore Watch when we record the next one. So, not going to belabor it too yeah. much. Yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna to have a conversation. <laughs> but I will say this. Uh, whatever you feel about the events of the story, that was one of the, that short was hard to watch. It was really well done. Patty Matson. If you, you know, whatever you feel about Sylvanas' character, Patty Matson is doing some amazing work with her. This is some of the best, the best nuance to her performance that she's ever had. It's the most she's had to do in a while, too, which it probably explains it. But the way she delivered the lines that she delivered, I was like, I was seriously like, when I watched it, I had to go back and watch it again. Um, and I didn't want to watch it again because I, I'm not. Happy with what's going on by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like I've said, I've said in other places, this is a case where you can think something is extremely well done, but but it's it's hitting the exact point it wants to hit, which is making you unhappy. Like you're not supposed to be happy about this. This is a bad thing. You're supposed to feel that it's a bad thing. I played it horde Thanks, side. I hate it. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like that Star that Star Trek movie where Data's like, "This is revolting." You want another? Please. Uh, it it kind of does remind <laughs> me of that. Um, I, I played at Hordeside, like I said, and my Torin was seriously like, D "Do we have an option to say no at some point? Please, C could we? Could we please have an option to say no? No, it's, we're just going to do this. Okay." It feels so much like Mists of Pandaria, where uh, you know you're like 
okay, I want to nope out of this and this is, this, I can't if I want to keep progressing. This is actually kind of, um, well, okay, first off, yes, Patty Matson was fantastic. The gal who does the voice work for Delarin, that's Erica Lindbeck, and she is also phenomenal. Yes, very good. Phenomenal. Very good. That was so good. Um, Considering it's the amazing. two of them, it's the two of them basically back and forthing, and they did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. That has to be said. I thought that I recognized was... that voice when I first clicked on Delarin. I'm like, that person sounds really familiar. Why do they sound familiar? And then uh, Andrea Toyas posted on Twitter the other day and mentioned that Erica Lindbeck was the other person. I'm like, ah, okay, that's why that voice sounds familiar. <laughs> anyway, she's got a beautiful voice and it suits a night elf so very very well um what were we saying what was i saying i wanted to interject with that and then we were going to talk about something else <laughs> my brain's all over the place i'm so very sorry what we were talking about like you know how it's kind of a punch in the gut storyline how as a horde you kind of sometimes might want to be oh, oh yeah okay so this actually okay i am getting flashbacks to theramore because as somebody who was playing horde at the end of Cataclysm and at the beginning of Miss of Pandaria, I'm getting kind of the same feeling I had with the Theramore scenario, with what was going on there. And, I mean, this has been explained a little bit better than Theramore, because Theramore was basically, here, have a scenario. And it didn't really have, like, an introduction or anything that like that with it. It was just, this is a thing that happened. And it happened in Tides of War. And if you read Tides of War, which I did, the Theramore thing made total sense. But if you didn't, then it was just out of nowhere right um at the same time i didn't feel really good about it as a horde player and i was kind of at that point i was like oh do i want to switch factions because this is just uh i don't feel good i don't feel good about any of this but then i remember that everything that came after really made mist of pandaria mist of pandaria was my favorite expansion up until the end of legion legion has just nudged it out of that spot um and I loved everything about Miss of Pandaria, but I had to get to the end before I could realize, oh yeah, okay, all of this stuff was really great. There was really a lot of nuanced storytelling going on with this that I didn't necessarily see at the beginning when I was like, oh my god, what did we just do? What did we do to Theramore? This is awful. This is horrible. <laughs> right? Um, so I kind of, I kind of keep that in mind in the back of my head when I'm thinking about all of this, but... Above and beyond that, though, this is kind of, like, beyond the pale. This is beyond Theramore. And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do, ta I, I do take into account when people say, this is just the beginning. I understand that. Yeah. One of the problems with It's still MMOs... a punch to the gut. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's the beginning or not. The part well, that's frustrating to me is that we have to wait. Yeah, that's the thing. MMOs take a while to deliver content. Yeah. If this was a book, I mean, I'll, I'll just be upfront. When I was reading war crimes or before the storm and I got to parts that hit like this I can just keep reading until I see how it ends I'm and good you at do that. keep reading because it's yeah. like okay it gets better right yeah, <laughs> and it does with eventually this, <laughs> with this I, I finished the, the stuff yesterday and I, I'm like okay this is it until next week um, I gotta sit on this for a week and I do I'm, I am cognizant of the fact that this is the beginning and I am cognizant of the fact that there's more story, but it's like if I read a novel where one of my favorite characters from a series just got killed and then I have to, like, I can't read on to see what happens. I'm just sitting with it. Okay. And 
this is also the other, the the interesting thing about MMO storytelling. The the strength and weakness of it is you're intrinsically involved with what you see when you're in the game. You're doing stuff. This this unfolds because of actions you take or actions that you witness. It's not like reading a book where your character isn't there. You're not it's not you. You're not doing it. It's just happening. This is, you know, when you're playing horde on this, you're doing it. And I, you know, there are plenty of horde players who are perfectly okay with this. And they have every right to be okay with it. It's a game. Uh I get that. For me, I have a lot of memories tied up in, in Teldrassil and Darnassus. I've got a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a reason I rolled a Night Elf this expansion, because I wanted to... I really thought Legion was going to be a great expansion to be a Night Elf in, and I was right. There was a lot of Night Elf stuff here. There was a lot of Elf stuff in general. I felt pretty mu- pretty good about my choice in Legion, and I don't feel good about it right now, I'll tell you that. Um, so there's, there's a lot here. I'm, I don't want to like, drag on into it. I'll also say this much. The actual world questing, not doing it for me. Uh, I, I just flat out, that feels like they've messed up compared to like other things they've done. They did a, a lot lackluster. Better. Yeah. They did a lot better on invasions. They did a lot better on Argus. Even, it reminds me of the Broken Shore, where the Broken Shore world quest felt like, um, is that really it? Like, every time I left, the, I got to the Broken Shore, I did like five or six world quests and I was done. And I was like, Really? That that's just, that's it. Come back in a few hours, and these don't even reset. Like these reset the next day. So at least at least the Broken Shore had more variety of world quests. It feels like I'm doing a lot of the same things over and over in Dark Shore. Yeah, but on the opposite side, the Broken Shore stuff was go find the money I was going to yeah. use to buy my girlfriend something. Voila, <laughs> rainbows. <laughs> yeah, just... there was at least at least the, this the Dark Shore stuff. Doesn't feel like this. Kagar doesn't pop in to tell. Well, thinking Kagar would probably not have a good quest for you here. Let's be honest. But um, there's nobody like he'd saying, pop hey. in and he'd be like, "Champion, what in the blue blazes are you doing? Get out of there! Stop what you're doing right now! Come back to Karazhan. We'll have some tea. We can just sort of forget <laughs> about all this, okay? We talk just about save this. the world from the burning legion. What are you doing? So yeah, there, there is there's. Some stuff here that I think any people are criticizing, and they have their you know, right to criticize. There's some stuff here that you, you really can't tell how it's going to end up playing out. Um, I'm certainly interested to see what they do next week, storyline-wise. Um, I've seen the scenario. I've done the scenario uh, on the beta, but I don't know how it's going to work out storyline-wise. And there's hopefully some surprises coming in there. And I do feel like we need to explore more what just happened, bo- both for Alliance and for Horde. Um, if you're a Horde player, this this is a moment. Like I don't, I get why people are comparing it to Garage and saying it's Garage 2.0. But my thing is, is that this is very much a different path for her, and it's a path that she's seen. I think the short makes it explicit. Sylvanas so has do a Know Your Lore on her because I need yeah. to do another Know Your Lore on her because that short actually made me look at some things a little bit differently, and I think it's a subject that's like worth exploring. Yeah, but there's definitely a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. But you know, we actually have to talk about other things in the show. So uh, at this point, can we? Can we? It's can the, we take can a we... second. Can we take a second? <laughs> okay. Um. Can we take a second and talk about the stuff that's going on outside of all of this? Is that okay? Uh, depending on what you mean. Uh, if you're talking about, like, say... going on on Twitter. The stuff with okay. people being... Yeah, that's... Can we, can we talk about that? Can I talk about sure. that real quick? Sure. Yeah, I think, I think have... all three of us feel that way. Yeah, so go ahead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people are going after Christy Golden, which I think is probably about the worst thing in the world that you could be doing because she's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I've only met her a handful of times, but I do consider her a friend. So, you know, as far as that goes, there are a lot of people who are blaming her for Warbringers and blaming her for the current storyline and basically just blaming her for every problem they've ever had with the story. You guys need to stop that. And there's a really specific reason why you need to stop that. She's not a WoW story developer. She doesn't work on World of Warcraft. She doesn't direct the story. That's not her job. She has nothing to do with any of the stuff that's going on currently. She's a writer. She's a staff writer, and she writes for all of Blizzard's games. That's her job. Does she have input on scripts and things like that? Yeah, because she writes those. But does she direct the story in any fashion? No, she does not. And on top of that, Warbringers and the information presented in Warbringers and a lot of the introductory story for Legion was all completed and done before she was ever hired. So this is literally stuff that she had nothing to do with. And I'm not saying, number one, you need to get off her case. Number two, you need to get off of everyone's case. Because the last thing you need to be doing is attacking story writers just because you don't like something. It's okay not to like something. It's not okay to go out there and attack people over it. Yeah, a vigorous critique of art you dislike is fine. Personal attacks on creators of said art is not... Personal attacks on people who like art you dislike is also not okay. Because it's not just, the community isn't just going after Christie, although, quite frankly, they are, and it's disgusting. Um, they are going after other people. They're going after other people who are just playing the game. And that's, I've seen that on both sides of this faction thing. And you got to stop. It's got nothing to do with, with other people. The person playing Horde didn't burn down Teldrassil. They, they're playing a game. They didn't write this. It doesn't matter who wrote it, in fact. You don't like it. There are things you can do. You can critique it. You can stop playing. If it's really that problematic for you, you can stop playing. You can always stop playing the game. Y'all, we're playing a video game on the internet with little green yeah. men and dragons in it. We really don't need to get down each other's throats over all of this because... I really... I do think we need we to say don't. this, too. We There's one thing don't. that needs to be said. It doesn't matter, you know... It's true that you shouldn't be harassing Christy because she had nothing to do with it. But even if she wrote every single piece of it, you shouldn't be harassing her. You shouldn't be harassing anybody. That needs to be said multiple times. You should never, ever, if you're ever that upset, if you're that angry about something. And I did get really angry about this. Go I will for be a walk. Go look at when, nature. Scream into a pillow. Do whatever. Have some ice cream. Anything. You Just know, don't you can, go attacking people. Okay? Yeah. If you're, if you're that upset and you can't confine it to the events of the story, then, yeah, do something else. Or, you know, I'll tell you what I did up front. I, I, I went and played a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. That's what I did. That's what I've been doing lately whenever I'm upset because it's a nice – it's completely stress-free. I know what happens. The game's 15 years old. <laughs> it's not going to surprise me. It surprised me at the time. But if you find a game you like, find something else to do. Read, I read find a book Diablo like. is a really good stress reliever because there's nothing that can't be solved by mercilessly whirlwinding through an yeah, endless I'm, waterfall of demons. I'm pushing Greater Rift 65, <laughs> so it's actually pretty stressful right now Yeah, <laughs> because I'm actually trying to progress in Diablo. So Di- Diablo's become the other game I play, like, <laughs> seriously. And so, yeah, but I, I do think that that's... I get being upset. I do. I get being upset, you know, for both factions. I get Horde players... Who are like, yeah, we've seen this before. We don't want to go. Down, we don't want to be the bad guys. We don't want to see that. I get you. 
not only is it early yet and you do you should give it some time when you get too upset to function do something else but don't attack people don't attack fellow players uh you know friendly little jibes are fine like mitch and i used to give each other crap all the time but we don't actually you still do (laughs) yeah but no they don't see it anymore it's not the show it's it's just it's one thing to tease somebody about playing you know oh yeah yeah the rotting corpse is back it's it's another thing to actually attack them and that's this is supposed to be fun if it's not fun for you stop it's not it's not for this if it's not fun go away it's okay it's fine you don't have to play the video game it's okay (sighs) Uh, now that we've lectured you um we should probably talk about some other stuff uh First off, I'm going to talk about this one, although I don't really understand what's happening. I don't know if either of you understand what's happening either. What did they do to Chromium in Heroes of the Storm? Oh, wait, nope. I have to stop. I have to throw it over to you, Anne. I'm sorry, I forgot. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about Chromie in a minute. First off, if you enjoy our show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. With Curiosity Stream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's kind of like Netflix for documentaries and education, which might sound boring, but it definitely is not. They have tons of original educational programming. They have a variety of different categories of documentaries that you can choose from. Rossi, I know you were gung-ho about... What was it? What was the one about one? the history of English. Yeah, uh, the history of they English. Also, they've also got one called, Hey, It's That Guy or something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but it's about voice actors. Yes. Um, that one's really good, too. So I if love you those. haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. I, I love the ones about voice acting. Um, there are a lot of art ones on there, too, that I really enjoy. Uh, I don't know how much. I haven't delved into seeing whether they have any like true crime stuff on there but that stuff always interests me for whatever it just spooks me out and kind of like keeps me intrigued and um i need to check and see if they've actually got anything like that on there i they have so many available that i'm sure there's probably a couple there i know they've got a bunch of period pieces too and history i was always like one of those things i really like anyway you could drive out this you can try out the service with a one week free trial and subscriptions just start at like two ninety nine a month. So it's actually cheaper than Netflix overall. And they do add new shows every week, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can find curiosity stream again. It's at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity and every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Okay. And now going back to the Chromie thing, basically I'm looking over the notes and from what I understand, they effectively buffed her and nerfed her at the same time. So it kind of comes out, like not that she's been buffed or nerfed, but that they've they've taken down the things she does that she's really strong against while well, also okay. making her better at the stuff she's weak at. Does does that make sense? Yeah, here's the thing with Chromie. Chromie the way that Chromie works, she can like well, okay, the way that Chromie worked, because they are giving her this rework. She could stand safely in the fog of war, like out of sight, and cast spells from essentially what was a blind spot. So you didn't know it was coming. And then a lot of her spells could be dodged in theory, like her sandblast. But that spell was being cast so often that it was basically, if you're spending all your time dodging her sandblast, you literally can't do anything else. Basically, she was, she could be dealt with, but the fact that she was there was one of those things that just made players, like set players really on edge. It made, it made... It made it a really uncomfortable experience to play against her because she had so many of these advantages. And yeah, you could work around those advantages, but 
doing so required such a high level of attention that it was very unlikely you could do much else while you were doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. I'm like looking at the developer comment, and they they basically address that that in order to balance out the stuff they've reduced, they actually increased her her bronze dragon trait and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, I understand the concept. Yeah, they buffed up some other stuff, and they basically kind of evened her out. So is she still powerful? Absolutely. Is she as an anxiety inducing? Probably not. Um, hopefully not. You could test her on the PTR right now. <laughs> find out. Uh, they also addressed some stuff with, uh, I believe it was Stukov. They messed around with Stukov a little bit too. Uh, two of his talents will no longer be quests. Um, they won't be, the, they're going to be talents. They aren't going to be, the, the change talents, they aren't going to be as strong as like the quests were, but they're stronger at a baseline level. So it's adjustments with Stukov, but nothing that's going to like break him or anything, which is good. And it's, yeah. it's, again, it's a matter of when you played against Stukov, Stukov could get to a point where he would, like, shut down things just solo with, like, lurking arm and that kind of thing. And they wanted to kind of move away from that. So they've made some adjustments to him as well. Those are the two that are getting really big adjustments. Um, and they're both they're both available on the PTR right now to play. So people can mess around with them and see how they're working. Are they on the PTR or are they live? I think they're on the PTR right now. Yeah, the article says PTR. They're, yeah. They're on the PTR, and they should be live next week. Yeah. So it's just right. some adjustments. It's some quality of life adjustments. Neither of these players are getting, like, super nerfed or anything like that. They're just getting adjusted so that they aren't quite as, I can't breathe when you're playing against them. <laughs> That's all. That's good, because you don't want that. Yeah. Uh, also, something interesting I saw, um, on our site I saw it, but I'm sure it was other places, uh, apparently ESPN has people leaking that there's going to be an Atlanta, Paris, and I can't pronounce this word, I'm sorry, Guangzhou? Is it Guangzhou? Guangzhou? I'm, Guangzhou? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really big on, on I'm Chinese. I'm sorry, my Chinese is horrible, you guys. Um, but but apparently there's going to be three teams added to Overwatch's League those, Season 2. I'm sorry, Liz, go ahead. Those are just the ones we have semi-confirmed from ESPN, but ESPN's a really reliable source, and they've yeah. been factual in the past. Uh, but Overwatch was originally talking about adding four to six teams. Berlin has also been rumored, but I haven't heard any other ideas thrown out there, so we don't know. But six. Blizzard, oh, yeah, okay. Overwatch League has said they want to do more international teams, so so far we have two out of three are in new international teams. Okay, yeah, that's... So basically all we really know is that they're talking about it and that people are telling us that they're going to do it, but the Blizzard themselves haven't actually announced anything. I think it's really likely, though, that these three are going to happen because ESPN wouldn't publish it if they didn't have a good source. Gotcha. 66006 in the chat channel says pronounce it Guangzhou, apparently, because they built a hospital there. So that's good. (laughs) Guangzhou. So if the... the two different reports are both accurate. We're looking at teams in Paris and Berlin to up Europe's total to three. And uh, Guangzhou would be that in Shanghai. I, I, is there another one in Asia? I'm sorry. I don't know the league as well as I should. That would be, well, the new the new Chinese team would be. Yeah, there would be yeah, that one the in Ch- Shanghai. Shanghai is the only one in, yeah, that's the only one in Asia right now. So there would be Shanghai two in Asia. and then there's the Seoul Dynasty. Seoul Dynasty. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay, you're okay, right. There you go. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. Oh my gosh, so you guys. How could you forget about the Soul Dynasty? They're great. Okay, anyway. <laughs> because they 
totally kind of crapped out at the end of the season and didn't <laughs> even make the finals. They disappeared, but no, but they were they were doing good. Uh, Shanghai, Shanghai was on everybody's radar, obviously, because everybody was just really rooting for him. Just to win something, it's okay. There's, I mean, there's that would, that would, season two next year, you guys, come back. That would up their, their representation to three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta, I mean, that's not really surprising because Atlanta's a relatively big international town. It's got, like, the airport Atlanta's, hubs and so forth. Yeah, apparently Cox Enterprises is looking at Atlanta. Um, and that, I think that one is probably the closest to confirm, confirm that they had, uh, Paris and Guangzhou, those, those two were rumored, but not necessarily 100% confirmed. Cox is looking way closer. So, um, yeah, Atlanta, Mm, Atlanta, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just thinking Atlanta Braves and I like, I'm in Colorado. So Rockies in Braves. No, anyway, uh, that should be fun, though, having another U.S. team and someone kind of more in the middle. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because it would put if you got all six, it would put the team up to 18 teams, mm-hmm. which is pretty significant. I mean, we were like, I remember we were speculating when this all started about, you know, how successful will this be? How big will it be? Uh, I, if these rumors are even remotely true, the answer is really, really big. Like they, if they're going to expand up. Six teams when you've got twelve teams right now. That's half your current roster. You know that's a that's a fifty percent expansion in your first year. And that's it's, not. It's a thirty to sixty million dollar buy-in is what we're yeah. hearing. So that's a that's a big investment for people who want to own teams, and that's this is just huge for esports. Here's here's my thing. Um, I don't know, Liz. You watched the finals for a little while, right? Uh, yeah, I watch. Well, I watched the last matches. The last matches. Okay. And then, Rossi, did you watch the finals at all or no? No. Okay. The finals were at the Barclay Center in New York. Um, and. Oh, wait, I'm lying. I watched the London Spitfires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you watch London, it was London Spitfire and Philadelphia Fusion, obviously. Uh, London won, which was great. Go Spitfire. I mean, I like both teams. I'm sorry. <laughs> if anybody's a Philly fan, I'm sorry. I like you guys too. I like, I like all of you. Okay. I really do. I just, I, it was nice seeing London win because they kind of, they had a dip and the, they were really strong at the beginning of the season and then they took this big dip and then they came back again and it was great. Um, the Barclay Center though, uh, the crowd at the Barclays that every time they panned over the crowd, it was just kind of jaw dropping, right? Because yeah, that place was sold out, and they there's it apparently the Barclays yeah just... nineteen thousand people. The Barclays Center seats nineteen thousand people. If you have ever been to BlizzCon, the main stage where they do the opening ceremonies, like that's always packed to the gills, that's twelve thousand people. There were, yeah, <laughs> just do the math there. There were more people there at at those Overwatch League finals than at BlizzCon opening ceremonies, and that crowd is huge. So there's no denying that this thing is ridiculously wildly popular. Like, it totally took off. So I'm not surprised at all that more people are wanting to buy in. Um, I'm wondering where they're going to put the cap at for teams, because I'm sure that there's probably like a cap that they're looking at somewhere. You don't want to get too many teams in the Overwatch League because you get too many teams and then it starts just muddying everything up. So I don't know. This is, you know, determining how many people you actually have who can compete at that level and so yeah. forth. Yeah. 
But okay, well, last thing we're going to talk about really fast. Um, Blizzard basically published their official calendar for how stuff is going to release in Battle for Azeroth. Uh, some of it we already knew, like the old Deer Raid releases. That stuff we published last week, but just to go over really fast, um, Normal and Heroic are opening on September 4th. Uh, Mythic, Raidfinder Wing, uh, Mythic and Raidfinder Wing 1 are opening on September 11th. Raidfinder Wing 2 is opening on September 25th. And the final wing of Raidfinder is opening on October 9th. So that's the old air raid schedule. So you've got pretty much the entire, like from the time the game comes out, you've got a month really before you have to worry too much. It's, it's going to be not quite a month, but a solid three weeks before this even opens. Uh, so you don't have to like rush to 120 to, to get in on raiding. But you will, because we know you. You're going to do it. Everybody does. Don't, don't tell me you're not going to rush to 120. Uh, also, though, they published their PvP season. Uh, PvP season 1 Battle for Azeroth is going to start on September 4th, the same time that the raid opens. Um, and at the same time, Mythic Keystone Season 1. They're actually going to have a Mythic Keystone Season in Battle for Azeroth. It's a dungeon it also, season, pretty yeah, much. It's a, yeah, it's for dungeons. Uh, it, this is also opening on September 4th. So pretty much all the stuff that you call Endgame opens the same time. Uh, it all opens on September 4th. Uh, the other two, obviously, they don't have a staggered release for the other two because they don't really need one. Those things tend to progress as people get better geared. People will just naturally... PvP more, and people will just naturally push higher and higher keystones as the season goes on, whereas raiding tends to be more structured. But that's all happening basically September. September 4th is your end game starts date if you're looking for one. Obviously, there will be patches, there will be new raids, there will be new seasons uh, for both PvP and for Mythic Keystone dungeons. Uh, but that's how everything's going to start. You've got, since it drops on the 13th, you've effectively got three weeks before you have to be at 120 and be geared enough to start any activity you want to do. So that's good to know. Uh, we knew some of it already, but it's nice to get it all out of the way and, and stated. And the first raid is Aldir. And there is no other raid announced at this time, so they're not doing that thing they've done in other expansions where they had two or three raids to start. Uh, it's just the one raid. Uh, so yeah, basically... That's basically all you really need to know. I don't. I mean, Liz, can you think of anything that they sh- they haven't announced yet that we'd want to know? No, I, they really kind of had it right there, and I. It's like okay, it's a list of dates, and uh, yeah, okay, I'm gonna level as fast as I can anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, did you talk about the uh, the new allied races? No, I did not that's, talk about that. That's the other thing that's coming out. Um, for people who have been waiting for Dark Iron Dwarves or Magar Orcs, those are going to be available on the 14th of August. But there's a big but here, you guys. You'll be able to begin the journey to get them on August 14th. So pretty much the day that you start leveling, you can start working on this. There are requirements involved, though. You have to reach level 120. So max level. And then you have to become exalted with the sub-faction for either side's war campaign. So for the Alliance, that would be the 7th Legion. For Horde, that would be the Honor Bound. Once you've done that and you've completed the war campaign in Kul Tiras and Zandalar, you earn an achievement called Ready for War. And then you can go ahead and start on that stuff. You can go ahead and get, get your Maghar Orc or you can get your Dark Iron Dwarf. So you won't be able to get them immediately day one because... I don't think you can get to Exalted Day 1, but you could try. You could get a good head start. <laughs> yeah, and the interesting thing here is, like, keep in mind that that's still not 
that's only two of the four allied races we're going to get in Battle for Azeroth. We don't know anything about the Zandalar or the Kul Tirans yet in terms of when you'll get to start actually working on them or, or playing one. But you can do Maghar Orcs or Dark Iron Dwarves. So if, if you've been waiting to start your Dark Iron Dwarf because you really want to play a, a Sooty Paladin, there you go. That's how you do it. Um, I'm interested because I don't know much of anything about the Dark Iron story. So that's that's something I'm really fascinated in getting to work on. Maghar 1 I'm interested in too, but I, I kind of I've read a lot about the story already, so I don't I don't feel as rushed to get to them. But the Dark Iron Dwarves, I don't I really want to see how does this work? How do these guys come into the alliance? So. The part that I'm kind of curious about is that when they were announcing these races at BlizzCon, two of the ones that they uh, one of the ones that they announced was you know the Zandalar trolls, and those aren't going to be immediate, which I think is weird. Yeah, I don't. I. I mean, I'm assuming since, it's a later patch. Same thing with Colteris, but especially since the Zandalari are such a big part of your leveling experience. I mean, you go to Zandalar and you start working alongside those guys immediately. And I, I know that the same is true for Colteris, but I don't know why I'm just more surprised about the Zandalar. Mainly because we didn't even know we were getting Colteris humans until fairly late in the news cycle. I mean, I'm we're, technically already exalted with the Zandalar, so. Yeah, Is it doesn't that work. Is that gonna play in at all? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> Does that count? No, no. Only works for the original character that got it. Yeah, I'm playing no. that original character that got it. Does that? Aren't count? you playing it? Yeah, aren't you? Wasn't it a priest? No. Oh, I I, I did mean, it on I have my it on my priest character. and I have it on my rogue. I have it on two characters. <laughs> okay. I did it. I did it on my original warrior that I haven't played in a long did we, time. Did we mention so. that I like filling green bars? I really like filling bars. <laughs> Okay, well, that pretty much covers news for this week. So we're going to move on to some emails. Uh, probably won't get that many, but, you know, it's, we'll see what we can do. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line Blizzard Watch or podcast so we know it's for the show. Uh, and if you don't mind. Okay. Um, first email is from Lomshank, who is a proud patron. Thanks, Lomshank. It says, hello, watchers. When I try to play a race that role plays well, as well... Oh, when I try to play a race that role plays as well the champion, I only ever feel right as a few races, whether it be orcs, blood elves, humans, or night elves. When I stroll up on a troll or a dwarf and I have all these humans and orcs consult me as an almighty hero, slayer of evil, and powerful ally, I feel like I should be playing a different race that fits the quote-unquote main character look. Maybe it's because Blizzard tends to keep certain races in the spotlight more and give them more heroes to look up to. I would like to know what you all feel about this way of thinking and maybe help slap me out of that viewpoint. Thanks, Lomshank. You're not a gnome? What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite serious about this. Uh, playing a gnome and getting everyone to do that to you is freaking great. They're all like, like you know, if you were a human size, they'd all be like 13, 20 feet tall. And they're all like, what do you think we should do, champion? Or hero, we're so glad you're here. It's just, it's it's a buzz. I don't know why it's fun. I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, I have a gnome monk, death knight, and warrior. Of course, I have a gnome warrior. Um, and I've enjoyed it on all of them. Uh, especially the gnome death knight, because gnome death knights are terrifying. Absolutely. Uh, I, <laughs> you can have an army of dead things following you around, and every single member of that army is so tall, no one can see you. You're, like, behind this wave of dead people, and you're just, you know, directing them and telling them to kill things. Plus uh, the or... gnome voice with the Death Knight vocalization effect tossed on top of it is just, yeah. it's a thing of supernatural horror. I love it. 
<laughs> Especially when they giggle. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is really something, uh, quite frankly. Yeah. So I would, I would say, I mean, if you if you if that's how you feel, that's fine. It's your game. You don't have to do anything just because other people do it differently. But yeah, I. I don't see any problem with having a dwarf or a gnome or a Pandaren as the champion of the world. I think that's actually one of the cool things about playing the game. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Liz, what do you think? Uh, well, I think I think uh, I I agree here just because um, on, on the thing about you have heroes to look up to. And some races don't have many heroes. Like you look at trolls and we had a whole expansion where Vulgen was was Warchief, but we didn't see him. So we've had, I gotta say, uh, you know, two out of three of my Horde characters are trolls, the ones I play. And I I like trolls. I think they have an interesting story and they kind of, they kind of have that scrappy underdog feel because the Horde is so dominated by orcs and because so many actual Horde players play Blood Elves. It's a ridiculous percentage that play Blood Elves. Uh... But it's like trolls no never had. Yeah, <laughs> I have a blood off too. I get it. But it's so so. If you're playing a troll, you don't have that big hero to to kind of inspire you or to make you get excited about playing the race. It's like okay, we have Vol'jin, and Vol'jin was really cool, except he became more cheap, and we spent an expansion not on Azeroth, and then he was dead. Spoilers, I guess. Sorry. Uh, and just you, and no one has has anyone really replaced him as troll leader because I know if you go back and you start a new troll now it's just Vol'jin there they haven't swapped him out for anyone it's just Vol'jin so it's I if you're a troll Rokan what have you got kind of, I believe Rokan is kind of like filling that role right now I'm not sure he does in Battle I for Azeroth he, does, but he doesn't yeah. seem to he doesn't seem to actually in like the regular game no it's just it's like when when they need oh here is a tro- troll leader representative they still can <laughs> in that spot so yeah i started a new troll like a couple months ago and you go through and it's you're just talking to vulgen vulgen's there and vulgen is talking to thrall about garrosh and the and it's like wow this is a blast from the past okay Let's do the time warp oh wait no copyrighted <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think it's kind. Of, I think it's a matter of not having those heroes. And it's also, if you think about the Blood Elf thing, it's looks. People like playing pretty characters, so yeah. I do find myself wondering if the Nightborn are going to skew that because now you can play a Nightborn. I don't know if that means people well, will. Well, like, I swapped go factions over there. with my Blood Elf, and my new main over on Horde is a Nightborn. So. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, I've never liked how night el- like Blood Elves look in plate. I just it's just never worked for me. It's but a little Nightborn, awkward. They're really the, scrawny little guys. The Nightborn look really good in plate. Um, I have a Nightborn warrior that I I haven't done much with, but I have her, um, and she looks good in plate. She you know wanders around killing stuff. Looks fine. My Blood Elf warrior like the swords always look weird in her hands, and her animations aren't that great. I mean, they when they standardized animations, that fixed it a little bit, but. Yeah, I still not thrilled with her. The plate doesn't really display on her the way I'd like, whereas it displays nice on my Nightborn. But let's face it, I'm always going to be the guy who's like, does this make my transmog look good? No? Okay, I don't want to play it. <laughs> okay, so Lomshank, I'm going to be real with you. I never look at any of my characters as quote-unquote the champion because I'm a role player and I play on role-playing realms. None of my characters are ever a champion of anything because I just don't find that interesting. I mean... 
sure, there's something to be said about being the big dang hero of every story ever or whatever, and that's what World of Warcraft delivers to you, but I find it much more interesting to write nuanced stories where my characters don't necessarily believe in whatever the Horde is up to or whatever the Alliance is up to. They're often, they're in there for their own interests and doing their own things, and they are the heroes of their own stories. And their own stories happen to be the ones that I write for them. So as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter what race I'm playing. I'm going to make them a really, really interesting character. And that's all I care about. So I don't know if that exactly answers your question or addresses your question, but maybe think of it from that standpoint. Just because Blizzard says that you're the big dang hero doesn't mean that you have to like automatically take that role or assume that that's the role you, that your character is playing. Your character can be anything you want. And you don't have to be an, on an RP server to think that in your head either. You can be anywhere and think that in your head. It's okay. That all right? Moving on. This is from Rausdoa. He of many alts currently lack a waxen High Mountain Torn Hunter, which is a fantastic name. I just have to give you props for that. Um, and they are also a Patreon supporter. Says hello, watchers of whirling web serving whiteness. Wow. You almost got me there, dude. Uh, what level of anachronism do you think I could get away with in roleplay when it comes to allied race? What? What Have we just turned this into a roleplay show? Is that what we're doing here? Uh, the other emails were relatively on a subject that I think we should save for Lore Watch, so yeah. Okay. Well, um, we'll just j- jump into this then. What level of <laughs> anachronism do you think I could get away with in roleplay when it comes to allied races, or any race for that matter? Like, no Nightborn should have been outside of the bubble prior to Legion, but is it conceivable a High Mountain Tauren could have been exploring the world and made his way to join his brother in Kalimdor around Wrath Time? I loved allied races, but my character's backstories are very important to me, and having these guys just dropped in the middle of things without a prior attachment to the world makes it hard to get invested. Sincerely, Rouse Dawa. Do you guys have anything to say before I jump into this? Because I have words about this, too. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't feel like there's any reason you can't write your own story. I mean, it's RP. It doesn't have to be totally canon compliant. There's no reason that, you know, one person couldn't have gone out and done this and still fit in with the overall story. Plus, I mean, we know Nightborn were getting exiled. It's just that most of them turned into withered things and went nuts. Were they called wretched? I forget if they were called wretched. The wretched. No, yeah. the wretched. The wretched were the blood elves. The withered so were. The withered, yeah, the withered of the nightborn. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason your one character couldn't have figured out a way to like find enough mana to to prevent it from happening to them, or just soldiered through on sheer willpower until they got someplace where some kindly mages helped them out. Uh, it's kind of contrived, but so what? <laughs> It's it's World of Warcraft. At one point, the baby of a thief who died in like vanilla showed up and set, a, <laughs> set an entire place on fire before she attacked it with a you know a werewolf at her side. This this is not a game that worries too hard about contrivance. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't. If you want to do that, like for me, I would be totally okay with like seeing my void elf join the alliance as a high elf and then got voided some other way. That's I don't mind doing that. I, it doesn't bother me. So. There, that's my thing on it. Anachronism is fine. Uh, but now, Anne, go. You can... Pretty much what Rossi said. I've always been kind of the proponent of you can do anything you want with roleplay. And the same goes for allied races. You can do whatever you like with them. Doesn't matter. There might be some people who um, won't roleplay with you because they are sticklers for the lore. And they kind of frown on things that go outside of that lore bubble or what have you. That's okay. 
there's like lots of other people you can role play with who will probably be perfectly happy to do so no matter what your backstory happens to be go ahead and make whatever you want it's all good you can do it and as far as the high mountain go yeah i don't see anything wrong with a high mountain being on a world tour or whatever that's fine um i will say that I know you said having the guys dropped in the middle of things without a prior attachment makes it hard to get invested. I would say that finding reasons for them to get invested would make for a really good story. Like maybe that's an angle you could play. What do they think about what the world that's going on around them? I have I have a nightborn character and my nightborn character is not at all invested in faction politics or anything else. She's just really happy to be out of Ceremonar. <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks the world is really fabulous and she's just trying to get to know it. And that's that's as far as I went with her story. And it's fine. I'm having fun exploring the world with her. It's good. Um I have I'll, I'll tell you, you this want, much. Dude. I will I'll actually throw in something because I've got a couple light forged and the one that I leveled, my basic take on him was he was like, Okay, we're gonna do recon, right? We gotta figure this place out. And then as he went through it, he was like basically like you're serious about this like this is actually something that's happening you you just have ins what about when the demons show up well up until recently we didn't have demons all that much what what do you, you mean didn't have demons. <laughs> like, like when he got to when he got to outland that was comforting to him like oh demons there's okay. demons here I, that's so good I, kill those okay anyway, <laughs> wait a minute now it's just dead people like what, what i know my Lightforged hit Outland, and it was like everyone's, oh my god, all of these demons, beware. And I'm like, yes, demons to kill, awesome. I'm familiar with this. This I understand. <laughs> that part where you had me getting spider legs to make cakes out of them, I didn't know what was going on with that. But this I get. I mean, heck, I have, I mean, I don't, I don't play conventionally usually when I do. I have a Forsaken character who could care less what Sylvanas is doing and could care less about everybody wandering around moaning about how life is or unlife is pain or whatever she doesn't care she's dead she's not alive she doesn't really care about this she's kind of grumpy about it and honestly she doesn't really care about adventuring either she's sort of put out when people ask her to do things she'll do it because of course she'll do it fine I'll be good whatever but I'd really rather be napping in my hut <laughs> oh and she's very embarrassed about how she died because <laughs> it was not yeah she she didn't die in like the heat of battle or some kind of glorious death or anything she it was yeah Arthas basically picked her up well not Arthas but the Scourge basically picked her up because they found her corpse in a field somewhere and it had nothing to do with anything that was going on with the plague or anything else it was just a very embarrassing way to die and that's how I play my Forsaken it's not at all like any Forsaken that they've written in lore it's not dark or grim or anything else she's just really kind of grumpy <laughs> and I like playing her that way play however you want it's all good do it however you want um, I think we've got time for one more here, so I'm going to skip down a couple here and go to Baragorn, the warlock from Cadgar, who says, Hey folks, I'm curious if Maiev and Illidan ever finally had a chance to settle things. I don't recall a short story or anything beyond some interaction in the Broken Shore and a dungeon. Also, what do you think the Wardens will do now? Their base, as it were, was breached. Illidan is gone. Are they still needed? Thanks, Baragorn. Rossi? Yo. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I completely was listening to what you said, and then I got completely distracted thinking about what you said. That's <laughs> on me. Can we, like, roll back a little bit? Uh, what do you think the Wardens are going to do now that the Legion is gone? I, they Are they still needed? Illidan is gone. Their oh, base was breached. I'm going to be up front here. Teldrassil just got burned down and the Night Elves are refugees with a whole bunch of their military having been down in Silithus when it happened. I'm pretty sure yeah. the Wardens have a lot to do right it, now. I, I sincerely hope that if she doesn't show up immediately that there is a bit... Like I've said this before, I would not be unhappy if Shandris and Maiev basically buddy cop their way through this then started dating and told each other really ridiculous stories about how what a, what a pain in the butt Jared is. I'd be fine with both of those things happening, but I would like to see the two of them show up and actually start pushing a more militarized night elf society because that's what's left. Their military and whatever refugees escaped, that's what they've got. So, yeah, I would definitely expect the wardens to do stuff. I just this want expansion. her to show up and like talk to Taronda. And say something along the line. I I just want her to point out to Taronda that if they had not joined the Alliance, if they had stayed secluded in the forests as they were supposed to be, none of this would have ever happened. (laughs) See, I don't know if she could actually get away with that, because if anything, you could make the point that not having joined the Alliance, this would have happened and they would have had nobody to help them. I but yeah, yes, I think you Maiev, could, but at the same Maiev time, could say that. yeah, at the same time, and Maiev, Maiev comes from this same school of thought as Fandral, which is night elves are the best, and everybody else is, you know, um, and I always like that about her character. I don't know if they've adjusted that or changed that or anything, but she was very much she was she was of the old ways, like Fandral Let, was. Let's also say this: I I really need them to explain. Or at least gloss in some way. Yes. How Maiev is just hanging around. Yeah. After after the events of, I mean, I get you, Burning Legion invasion. We kind of have to, but she was just doing stuff in Wolfheart with the wardens. Yeah. Was it Wolfheart? Yeah, Wolfheart. Wolfheart's the one where she kind of murdered a bunch of people and tried to kill Malfurion, and then. Ran they, off. They like there was there were. It sounded like they were going to say something about it, and then they just sort of glossed over it in Legion. Yeah. And and keep in mind that a lot of the reason why we didn't see Mayev later on is because her voice actress was having um she she was having surgery on her vocal cords, so she couldn't actually do any vocal recording, which is really a pity. Um, but that's why. I think that's pretty much why we didn't really see much of her on Argus or anything or beyond that dungeon. I think that dungeon was kind of the last thing that she did for Legion and then she couldn't come in and do anymore. She's fine now. Don't get me wrong. She's fine now, which is good. But uh, that's like stuff outside of the game that kind of affected what went on inside the game. I do do feel like I should say, though, Baragorn, you said that Illidan is gone. That makes no difference. The Wardens were around before Illidan. I mean, that. Well, no, they weren't technically. They were established when he was in prison, but they had lots of other things to do besides yeah. just watch they this one guy. The vault of the you'll notice they had the vault of the wardens, which Illidan wasn't in. No, they didn't keep him with the other prisoners. They kept him off by himself. Yeah, so they definitely had other things they were imprisoning. And he might have been Maya's sole purpose in life, but he was not the wardens as a whole. They had like a lot of things that they did. So I don't. I don't think I think they have a lot of things that they could be doing now. Do I think we'll see them in Battle for Azeroth? I don't know. It'd be cool if we did. I, I like the wardens. I would like to see them continue. Yeah. 
Anyway, that wraps us up for emails, and that also wraps us up for the show. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on a podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And don't forget, if you do enjoy the show, consider checking out Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. Every new subscription helps support our show and everything that we do. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line. This has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.